as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Portofbrownsville.com. Check out the website and the news that affects all of us. Our massive private sector engine that is our port. Got lots of news and lots of things happening at the the port. And Ed Campidano is chief at the Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville. The newsletter is out for the month of August. And I guess we'll start with saying congratulations to Keppel Amphils, right? That's birth, delivery of a brand-new vessel. Boy, girl? Well, I don't know. It's a, it's LNG power. That's all I know. So tell me a bit more yeah, about that. Well, uh, well, good morning. One is that, yes, this is, uh, this is the MV George III. Uh, the sister ship is the Janet Marie. That one will be delivered uh, shortly. Um, both of these vessels were constructed for a Jones Act based operation in Hawaii, uh, Pesha, Hawaii, and they operate from Hawaii to Long Beach to Oakland and back. So uh, this is a big deal. This is a significant development. You know, this is the only large scale shipbuilding that's going on in the state of Texas. So this is certainly a job creator. And you've heard me say in the past, Sergio, that. Um, these two vessels uh, are uh, dual fuel, meaning that they can run on conventional fuels as well as LNG. Uh, so this one is, is being delivered. Uh, the Janet Marie will be delivered shortly, but they're still working on two additional vessels uh, uh, for the Jones Good. Act trade. Good. The largest hopper dredge in the Jones Act fleet is being built for Manson construction. Then they're also building a first of its kind in the Jones Act fleet, which is a vessel that's going to be used to transport and erect the offshore wind turbines off the East Coast. So uh, all of those are significant developments. And of course, it means jobs at the Port of Brownsville, and it means jobs Excellent. in the region. Uh, at first, I recall when the contract was just for two uh, LNG-powered, uh, the construction of just two ships. So we got uh, one delivered right now. One well, on the way, and another, a third one. Is, it, is there a prospect we can get some more ship construction at the well, port? Well, the, absolutely there's a prospect. Uh, one is the two Pesha vessels also came with a potential for constructing two more for Pesha Hawaii. Um, that has not been announced, uh, whether they're pursuing uh, any more construction for Pesha. And these other two contracts that were announced are, are again, for separate entities, but they are under construction currently at the shipyard. And I expect you're going to hear more news uh, related to Keppel's efforts. Uh, just in the offshore wind industry, which is the new and developing in this country, there's still a whole lot of support infrastructure, including vessels that have to be constructed to be able to support that industry. So uh, I do expect, I think they, they are, they're certainly working to um, to attract uh, uh, new uh, contracts to the shipyard, but uh, we'll be hearing more from Keppels as as, as time continues. 
big news on the LNG front. And next decade, I guess, partnering up with Exxon. Uh, how many, um, how much liquefied natural gas has Exxon uh, committed to purchasing or um, receiving from next decade, if and when they set up shop at Brownsville? Yeah. Well, this is this is this announcement is uh, the sixth what they call the uh, sales and purchase agreement uh, that leads to a commitment uh, to purchase uh, uh, liquid natural gas uh, on a long-term basis. This particular one with Exxon is for one million tons, but it's a 20-year agreement. So, you know, cumulatively they've got six agreements signed: uh, Shell. Uh, they've got three Chinese interests, the French interests, and of course the two U.S. interests, including uh, ExxonMobil. So they're proceeding. Um, you know, the goal obviously is to uh, sell out what they call the first three trains, uh, but they're making headway towards uh, getting 10 million um, uh, tons of annual commitment, and you know that of course puts us in a position, puts them in a position, and. You know, they're still working to do this is to announce making FID before the end of the year. FID, final investment. All of these are final investment decisions. All of these are positive steps towards that end. So uh, we're certainly excited. Uh, We expect to hear more. Uh, You know, they've made all of these gains in in a relatively short period of time. You know, the last five announcements have been made from March to the present, and uh, we understand that more maybe on the way. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of activity in, in, in the global LNG market at the moment. The combined contracts that have been folks that have signed and committed to receiving the LNG from next decade, uh, you told me that number last time. They were yeah, quickly on there. What, what was uh, it? 8.75 million Almost tons there? per annum. With Exxon, it's now 8.7, right? That's correct. 7.5, yeah. Wow. 8.75. So, man, we're one contract, two away, and there you go. We'd We'll be just tapping our feet, waiting for any any moment now, waiting for a final investment decision from well, LNG. That's what, that's what we uh, anticipate occurring. So, uh, and then Texas LNG is also making headway. You know, they've set up their operations in Houston with their new EPC, uh, and uh, uh, and so they're uh, they're also uh, um, announcing that they're looking to make FID before the end of the year. And so, you know, all of those, again, are indicative of the global market and the demand for LNG. So uh, it's going to continue. Uh, fall forecasts are that uh, it will continue. And, and as I often said, you know, gas is going to be the bridge to uh, the new non-greenhouse gas fuels. Yeah. But, uh, you know, all of that will take time uh, to develop. So uh, these are all good steps in the right direction. Excellent. Without a doubt. Excellent. All right. Ed Campinano, Port Director or Rio Grande Valley port of Brownsville. You still bullish on hearing a FID final investment decision before the end of 2022? Uh, yes, we are. Wow. Uh, in fact, we're <laughs> we're not only uh, uh, anticipating their announcement, but Amazing. as you know, we're also working on a big piece of this project, which is the deepening of the ship channel, and, yeah. and we're moving forward on that as well. So, mm. you know, both of these things are working in unison, uh, and uh, so we do expect FID to be made before well, the end. We're, we're on standby over here, and we hear that FID. You know what's going to happen? We're we're going to come knocking at your door, spend 
KURV all day broadcasting from the port and fleshing out the you're economic more, benefits all day. You're more than welcome. We're you're more than there. welcome to do so. Uh, <laughs> real quick, expanding rail capacity uh, functions there. Uh, there was something in the newsletter related to that. Yes, yes. Uh, our our uh, uh, Omnitrax, who is our partner, uh, our operator, essentially, of our port-owned railroad, the Brownsville Rio Grande International Railway, uh, they've completed a yard expand into what we call our Palo Alto yard. Uh, they're adding additional capacity. And that's all being driven by just simply the increase in business, you know, our, whether it's our steel slab business, uh, which is uh, our number one uh, rail uh, uh, user by, by far, uh, to all the other commodities, whether they're refined product, whether they're scrap steel, um, you know, grain, uh, you know, any number of commodities that will move by rail. Uh, and so they've added additional capacity at the Palo Alto yard to be able to handle uh, additional rail cars. So uh, those are all, again, positive signs. You know, we're just trying to keep up with the uh, growth that we see occurring at the Port of Brownsville. And, and uh, uh, we're happy to have uh, Omnitrax as, as, as a partner uh, and uh, okay. continue to expand the, the port's rail capacity. Ed, thank you for the update. Great news. Continued success. Ed Confidano or Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville. Check out the website, portofbrownsville.com. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Taking out my kids from school. From work to kids. To running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news. And to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it, it's free. The water level update for South Texas, our reservoir for the RGV at reaching critical levels now, super, super low. Sunny Inojosa is the general manager for Irrigation District Number 2, Hidalgo County. All right, Sunny, so share so share the numbers that, what, took three weeks to finally re- get released from IBWC. What's going on? Yes, we uh, late on Friday we got um, the updates for the ownership uh, for July 9th, July 16th, and July 23rd. And Sergio, it was pretty much on track what we were discussing last week. You know, we're dropping the percent per week. Uh, so for July 9th, you know, the previous report was what, 25, uh, a little over, or 25.37. We dropped to 24.91 on July 16th, 24.05. And the last report, uh, July 23rd, U.S. is at twenty-two point nine zero percent. How? What's the so lag on? To drop. What's the lag on this report? One week or two weeks? Because we're not at twenty-two nine right now. Obviously, we're it's, it's a one week lag because we got uh, July twenty-third report. So uh, the July thirtieth report, which will close out the reporting period, we should get next Friday. 
we should probably so be at be, 21 and change. We yeah. get a report for July uh, 30th. How do these numbers compare to all-time lows, Sonny? Well, the, the all-time low that we have uh, was, you know, once again, in 1998, we were at 19.06%. Um, and we're at, you know, 20, 22.9. So we're not that far off from reaching that all-time low record. Is there water debt on the part of Mexico that we can call on and say, hey, hand us that water, hand over that, that ownership to us in order to simplify the situation or remedy the situation? Yeah, yeah Mexico doesn't have that much water either. Uh, you know, in, in, in the international reservoirs, you know, they have, they're at 12.51%, which is, you know, 316,000 acres. <laughs> Jeez. So a whole lot. Even on their internal reservoirs that feed the Rio Grande, uh, the ones from the six tributaries we're supposed to get credit from, you know, they only have 700, uh, 708,000 acre feet in storage. So, even less yeah, they have. don't, they just don't have the water. Sonny Hinojosa, GM for Irrigation District Number 2 for Hidalgo County, our guest. Yeah, Sonny, Tim Sullivan here. That's what I was going to ask. So the U.S. share in, in Amistad and Falcon is at 22.9%. What was the figure for, for Mexico? Mexico is at 12.51%. 12.5%. Okay. Um, going back to 1998, what was happening then as to why reservoir levels were so low in, in 1998? Similar situation, just, you know, no no rain for a long period of time? You know, in, in 1998, it seems like everyone was asleep and we weren't paying attention to the deliveries. Oh, At that time, right. you know, Mexico had the water in storage, but they just weren't making any releases. And by the time uh, this got some attention, and, and and put some pressure on Mexico, they had utilized that water, and they no longer have the water to, to provide to the hmm. U.S. So from 1992 to 97 was was a five-year cycle that ended in a deficit. So that debt rolled over from 97 to 02, and Mexico didn't have the water again. And uh, even though the treaty does not allow or doesn't even call for a third cycle, uh, one had to be started, and somewhere about Two years into that third cycle is when a tropical system occurred and and uh, bailed Mexico out. Mm-hmm. Are you in, in a position to make any recommendations or suggestions? Because now that it's below 25 percent, we, we see that Brownsville and Rancho Viejo have implemented stage two that makes their voluntary water restriction measures now mandatory. Um, is this the time for other cities in the valley to quickly follow in line? We would we would surely hope so, because you know the the difference between a municipal water right and an and a irrigation water right is that the irrigation rights you know we have storage in the Amistad Falcon Reservoir System, and we all of us have our individual independent water account. So every time we draw water, we we pull water from our own account. The municipal use, that water is taken from a reserve. So every month there's 225,000 acre feet that is replenished and, and, and that reserve gets replenished by inflows into the system. So if, if the cities would conserve, that'd be less of the inflows that would be credited 
you know, to the reserve to make it full again. Yeah. And perhaps we could have some leftover water to be allocated to irrigation accounts. Absolutely. Um, that, that's the big difference between those two accounts. Yeah. And Brownsville, the BPUB there, they own a desalination plant, which I, I'm guessing would be helping to offset some of the impact of, of the water conservation measures and, and, and the lack of uh, or, or the, the needed irrigation flows that you're talking about. Yes, that's true. They do have alternative sources. Is that, are desalination plants viable for other cities in the valley? Because Brownsville is right there at the coast. Um, are cities further inland, if, if they have the money to be able to build a desal plant, uh, are those viable as well? That I couldn't answer. Uh, I know some of our, uh, I know our water supply corporation here, the North Alamo, they have desal at Brackish groundwater. Yeah. Uh, but they're the only other ones that I know of. Of so, course, in Brownsville PUB, they they desal or desalinate you know seawater. Yes, as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Sunny Hinojosa, or GM for Irrigation District Number Two, Hidalgo County. We are at twenty-two percent and change when it comes to the water level for Rio Grande Valley U.S. storage of the water for us. We're reaching quickly reaching the the lowest number ever we saw about twenty-five years ago at nineteen percent. I, I know I keep saying that we need water at, you know, between here and Laredo at the watershed. Of course, we got Amistad um, for the north, northwest of there. But I keep forgetting, Sonny, that uh, we get inflows. Uh, the, the Rio Grande River is, well, like 2,000 miles long, something like that, all the way up to Colorado. And I'm sure that there must be some inflow, some rain up in Colorado, New Mexico, that's, that's putting water in there. It's going to take a long time for it to go all the way down to Amistad. But surely something must be coming down the river. No? <laughs> yes? Well, as large as our Rio Grande Basin is, we don't get any water from Colorado or New Mexico. You know, the river ceases to flow at Fort Quitman, which is right below El Paso. Oof. And, 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 and that reach is, is, is referred to as the forgotten reach of the Rio Grande. There is no flow. There's no river. So not until the confluence of the Rio Contras from Mexico does the Rio Grande get water again. So and even and if right it, now, that's that's been you know zero to twenty cubic feet per second, depending on you know localized rainfall up there. So yeah. yes, we we don't we do not get we haven't got water from New Mexico and Colorado in decades. My goodness! Yeah, yeah. there's there's nothing going into the Colorado River either, is there? Not much. No. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, they got they got their own problems out yes, there. Yes, they do. Out the west, take a look at Lake Mead. We need uh, <laughs> tributaries from Mexico to defeat the the Rio Grande. Okay, well, uh, that's it for now. I suppose we'll visit again next week, Lord willing. Hopefully, we get some rain, but the forecast is is not very promising yeah. to put any Hopefully. any water in there. Thank you, Sonny, Thank for the you, update. Sonny. Appreciate oh. you, all the information. You're welcome. That's uh, Sonny Hosa, uh, Irrigation District Manager for District Two. Houston Astros play here. And he drives this one up the middle. That's a base hit. Catch Astros baseball action all season long on News Talk 710-KURV. Deep to left field. Kiss it goodbye. Every hit. Every home run. First pitch and he drives it. Left field. Good one. It's out of here. Astros baseball is powered by F&T Valley Motorsports, Riverside Development Services, Taco Olay, MissionIncredible.com, and News Talk 710-KURV.
You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. In the event there's a tropical system in the Gulf of Mexico churning this way, you want to keep it tuned to 710 KURV. Stay informed during hurricane season. Tropical coverage 2022 on air and online at KURV.com. Made possible by Mike's Plumbing, Electrical, and AC, Vega Roofing, McAfee Insurance, and Elephant Building Materials. In the news this week, Brownsville Public Utility and also friends nearby at Rancho Viejo taking the lead here in South Texas and restricting water use, going to a new level in water use restriction. We've got ourselves a water storage situation in South Texas. Prospect of rain, not very good. We're dropping about a digit per week, más o menos, when it comes to the U.S. ownership. We're around 21, 20% of U.S. ownership reaching the all-time low of 19% of water. And local municipalities might be in the news, more of them, pretty soon as they start restricting water. Let's go to Brownsville PUB, GM and CEO of Brownsville PUB is John Brusiak. John, appreciate your time. So now that you're at, what is it, stage two uh, water conservation, what does that mean for folks nearby? Good morning, Sergio and Tim. Thanks, thanks a lot for having me on the call this morning. Yes, sir. Uh, what we're doing now is getting into some mandatory restrictions on on water conservation. Where our stage one is more voluntary, common things. You know, don't waste water. Moving into stage two, that's a different uh, different animal. We're starting to require uh, landscaping, particularly w- landscape watering, uh, no more than twice a week between certain time frame. And depending on your address, what days you can do that. Uh, we're also looking at uh, car washing restrictions as well. Hopefully, you can do it by hand, and following those same restrictions, uh, you know the days that you can do it on that. And then, you know, getting into some other things, uh, uh, non-essential water use, prohibiting that for washing sidewalks, driveways, parking lots. Uh, buildings, uh, dust control, uh, flushing gutters, and, and if you have any water leaks, you know, failing not to repair those. <clears throat> and then we're also asking for golf courses to provide us a, a water use management plan so we can work with them on uh, the type of watering and frequency they're doing that to. Most of them uh, water from the uh, Rosaka systems and things like that, and that that's coming straight from the river, so that's that. And we also ask in restaurants to uh, hold off from serving water to customers unless the customer asks for it. If the customer asks for it, not a problem. But uh, just to, all those things, we're trying to get into a five to ten percent reduction um, in water that we can conserve. John Brusiak, GM CEO, Brownsville Public Utility, your guest. Yeah, Mr. Brusiak, Tim Sullivan here. Uh, you built a desal plant in 1998. The last time uh, reservoir levels were this low. How much of a help is that? desalination plant. Uh, how much is that helping to offset uh, the impact of, of any you know, water conservation measures that, that are now in place? Sure, Tim. And, and again, thank you for be, uh, having me on. Uh, <clears throat> Brownsville takes about, treats about 20 million gallons of water a day. Uh, we take about 70% of that from the Rio Grande and treat that water through service water plants. Wow. We take about 30% of that and treat it through the Southmost Regional Water Authority. And that, that saves probably 6 to 8 million gallons a day of water we're not pulling from, from the Rio Grande. Is that significant at this point in time then? 
Yeah, I think it is. I, I wanted, in fact, we're having a, a board of directors meeting today with the Southmost Regional Board, and we're looking at expanding that plant. Uh, the plant is is capable uh, to be designed and, and operated up to 20 million gallons per day. Hmm. Uh, right now, we're close to 10. Uh, we 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 produce 10. We and you have about 70 uh, percent recovery on that, so you're about seven to eight. Uh, we'd like to get that. I'd feel a lot more comfortable if we could get it to the full capacity of 20. Uh, when we built Southmost, uh, that was back when the, in the heyday when the drought was really bad again, and those numbers, we're looking at them yesterday, and they're about the same. Mm. Uh, w- the board decided to diversify from the, the Rio Grande because of the uncertainty. That was when the water didn't flow past Brownsville. I remember our intake structure stopped that was the last stopping point and the board elected in the, in the city council to diversify. We looked at, uh, there was an abundance of brackish groundwater in the area, which is groundwater under this area that's salty, but not like ship channel or ocean desal. And we opted to build that project. It was an 18 month project. Uh, we completed the project. Uh, and then of course the reservoirs filled up and and uh, so we we didn't really maximize the use of that but i think right now we're looking at least my recommendation and i know our board is to try to maximize that project and, and get as much out of that and away from the river because the in, it's the, the uncertainty is if we don't get the rains this fall uh we're, we're going to be in probably some dire straits on, well, at on least, the river at least you'll have water from your desal plant uh, mccallan can't say the same john brusiak gm of brownsville pub so you're pulling you're pulling groundwater to be desalinated, not not from the Gulf or or both. That's actually groundwater that's uh, it's impacted from the Gulf. Certainly, as the closer you get to the coast, the the saltier the water gets. Uh, the more you come inland, it's less salty. And so we're we're out uh, north of Brownsville with our wells out there, and we're uh, normally we're taking water out of there in the 3,000 parts per million. Uh, salt level compared to maybe thirty or forty thousand in the ship channel. Okay. So the, the the farther you can get away from the river, the uh, the less salty that is, and, and more cost effective to treat. Yeah. Well, desal plants are a are a costly proposition. Do you think they are viable a viable solution for other valley cities further inland? I I would say, uh, Tim, probably what I would recommend the cities look at, uh, particularly doing what we did, look at the brackish groundwater first. If you've got that, that's most cost effective and you can get that in place uh, 18, you know, six, you know, 12 months to 18 months to get that in. Uh, Ocean projects, you know, I don't think we're ever going to run out of brown, out of water in this area in the valley because of our proximity to the coast, but that'd be kind of a last resort uh, because the cost is three to four times higher than the, the brackish water. 20 million a day over at the desal plant, right, that you can take in. How much of that do you, are you able to clean up and put into the pipes over to businesses and homes from the 20 million? Well, right right now, we, uh, we're we actually taking around 10 million right now and treating it. The plant can actually be expanded to 20 mm-hmm. uh, by adding more wells and some more modules. Right now, we're taking about, we're treating 10 and we push out about seven to the the public and and the other 30 percent is is uh is brine uh, waste disposal all right so roughly 70 percent of what you take in you can redistribute to businesses and homes in the area correct okay correct so um the talk now is to expand little by little take in more and redistribute to uh, the rest of the city you are at stage two and you 
You gave us all the details on that. When does stage three kick in for Brownsville, and what happens there? Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't, but when we hit 15% is the trigger level of of, combi- of the uh, U.S. storage in the, in the uh, reservoirs. Just so so you understand, the, the, the normal conservation pool for the reservoirs is 57.27% U.S. water and 42.73% uh, Mexico water. Right now we're at 22.9% U.S. water and 12.5% Mexico water. So we'd have to get down from that 22 to go into the 15 percent level which is dangerously low uh yeah it would be and we just need to change the weather forecast up somehow and and, and we're stuck for for it looks like for several more weeks and we definitely need that drink of water and the watershed anything else folks should know right now john before we let you go no i think that and if just to get more details on our conservation plan go to our website www.brownsvillepub.com or contact us by phone, 956-983-6100. We're glad to help you on that. John Brusiak, General Manager, CEO, Brownsville Public Utility. News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. We got new water restrictions for McKellen from PUB. Mark Vega. Okay, Mark, stage two. What does that mean for McKellen? So stage two, Sergio, what that the gist of what that means, the uh, the point of stage two is to decrease our water consumption by two percent. And so how how do we do that in stage two? Uh what we do is we delineate the city into six zones or six sections. And if you're familiar with McAllen, which I hope listeners are, uh, we divide the city east and west by 10th Street. Yeah. So east of 10th Street is three zones. West of 10th Street is three zones. And then we divide it north and south um, from Nolana North. Yeah. So Nolana North divided by 10th Street east and west is zones one and two. And we have this graphic on our website. It's also on our social media um, pages, which is Twitter, uh, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. So McAllenPublicUtility.net. Uh, and and so th- so it, it divides the city into six zones. North of Nolana, Nolana to Business 83, and Business 83 South, east and west by 10th Street. And that those are your six zones. And in those each in each zone, you have two watering days. So, for example, Zone 1 will be Sunday and Wednesday. Zone 2 will be Monday and Thursday. We're not restricting the amount of water that you can uh, irrigate or your, your yards with. Not at all. It's just that you, we ask that you irrigate on those days 
those two respective days from the hours of six in the evening to 10 in the morning. And uh, so that's the gist of stage two. There's some minor details like, um, you know, you can continue to water all you want if you water by handheld hose mm. uh, or with a spray nozzle. So you can, as long as you don't leave it unattended, if you're holding the hose, you can water. There's no restriction on that. Um, if you have any broken irrigation sprinkler nozzles, we need to get them fixed so that you're not spilling water onto the street or onto the curb. Yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, so things like that. But the major component of, of stage two is six zones for the city. Depending on your zone, you will have two days to water from the hours of six in the evening to 10 in the morning. Will spillover lead to an infraction, Mark? Let's say it goes over the curb and onto the street and you get little puddles uh, there. Yeah, we will be... Um, administering warnings, Sergio. Okay. So we don't, the point is to not, we hope we don't have to uh, find anyone, but it could lead to that. If we find some, if we give someone a warning and we give them X number of days, you know, two weeks to fix a, a, a sprinkler head that's spilling out into the street and we go back three weeks later and it still isn't fixed and they're still spilling, it could definitely lead to a, to a fine. Or you're, you're watering on the wrong day and you haven't made that adjustment. So, but we will, we don't want to do that. We, we always educate the, the citizens as much as we can, and we start by warning them. Stage 2 water restrictions, McAllen. Mark Vega is the leader at McAllen Public Utilities. Yeah, Mark, uh, Tim Sullivan here. Does, just more on that, do the Stage 2 enforcement measure, will, will city employees be actively checking for violations like, you know, lawn watering on a wrong day or broken sprinklers? You're going to be out looking or just relying on um you know calls from yeah. neighbors <laughs> who, well, who are noticing right. narcs <laughs> yeah we don't we won't specifically hire for that for two reasons number one we have meter readers that are out in the city out and about in the city reading meters all day every day hmm. so they're out in, in the in every every street every single day and we also have city inspectors that are out so we have a lot of eyes out in the city, but ironically, you know, we don't we don't compare with the neighbor that calls to complain about their neighbor. Um, that's by far the most, you know, our, the, the folks monitor their neighbors like nothing else. So um, that's where we get the tips from mostly, and then we'll go and, and, and check that out. So Okay, yeah. But in the meantime, city employees that are just regularly out there, they'll be taking notes as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So a lot of details. I mean, you look at this document regarding stage two uh, water uh, conservation measures. Um, where can where can residents f uh, read all of those details? So you can go to our uh, web page and uh, com. And we will be, as a matter of fact, I believe we've already got it posted. If not, if we don't have the, all the trick, all the, uh, the details posted, we'll have them on there today. Okay. And that's where we can, where you can see those. Yeah. Is there a stage three and at what point do you go to stage three and what, what would that entail? Are you looking, are well, you looking three, so that forward yet? Yes, we are. And, um, like I said, stage two does not restrict the quantity of water that you choose to water with. It just restricts the time and day. Stage three will actually restrict the amount of water 
that you that you do water I mean that you use for your home. So right now that threshold is fifteen thousand gallons per month for a home, um, and ten thousand gallons per month for irrigation purposes. So if you exceed that, there it, it does call for a surcharge, um, and we'll be discussing that with our board on what that surcharge is. That doesn't mean you cannot use, you know, you, you'll get, you're going to have your, your water cut off if you exceed that. No, that's not how it works. Uh, but there is a surcharge levied after the use of that amount of water. So, again, right now our conservation policy states 15,000 gallons for yes, your uh, home, yeah. 10,000 gallons for irrigation, and um, and then there will be surcharges following well, that. So that's, that's the big difference, I, I, the major difference stage two and three yes sir i got about 30 seconds left god forbid stage three okay hopefully we get some rain and get out of this mess that we're in yeah but exactly are the those thresholds the same for businesses because we got a, a lot of car wash businesses in the area that might be looking at this nervously stage three right so car washes are not affected you know a lot most i'd say the vast majority especially the newer car washes all work with a filtration system that recycles water nice and so those will not be affected. Um, golf courses are usually affected by this, by the restrictions. However, our municipal golf courses is, is irrigated with our recycled water. So Good. any right. recycled water customers are not affected by this. Thank you, Mark. McAllen Public Utilities, Mark Vega. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. The July 30th report from IBWC on U.S. ownership of the watershed is now down at 21.9% storage. That's about uh, what the irrigation district uh, folks were kind of uh, estimating. Were, it's a 1% a one percent drop yeah, per week every, is what we're dealing with right now. Yes, sir. Every week we see a one digit taken off the uh, the storage. We are quickly reaching uh, the all-time low of about 19-ish percent. Yeah. Uh, we probably should be there in the next couple of weeks. And we got bells and whistles and alarms going off all over the place, and municipalities now restricting water. Up next is the city of San Benito, and they kick in this weekend. David Favela is with the city of San Benito. All right, Dave. So stage two, starting this weekend, which would be the weekend August 6 and 7. Uh, tell me about stage two. What happens in San Benito? Well, yeah, uh, since the reservoir levels have fallen uh, so low, uh, yeah, the city's uh, kicking in uh, its uh, water conservation plan, uh, Ordinance 2376. So, yeah, basically starting this weekend, you know, we're under a a mandatory uh, water conservation plan. What does that do to irrigating lawns or washing cars and all that? So in San Benito, what, what do you expect folks to do? 
Well, you know, uh, basically this is a lot of this is, is common sense uh, water conservation. It's just now, you know, we're a little bit more stringent on it. Uh, for instance, you know, we, we're asking people, uh, you know, don't water your lawn between the hours of, uh, you know, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Obviously, that's uh, some of the hottest time of the day. So if you're watering, uh, it's pretty just, just evaporating. It's not doing any good. So, yeah, don't water your lawn between uh, uh, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Uh, if you're gonna wash your car at home, uh, you know you can't do. You can only do it between uh, 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. And you have to have a, uh, you know, you have to have a handheld hose where the the faucet shuts off, or do it with a five-gallon bucket. Hmm. You know, basically these are just things that we're not trying to waste water. You know, don't wash your driveways off with the hose or, hmm. or structures. You know, this is basic stuff to to conserve water, because that's what we're trying to do, uh, avoid uh, runoff. And the city's going to be doing the same. City of San Benito, the latest municipality to kick in what everybody's been calling Stage 2 water conservation, as our reservoir is reaching record lows. David Favela joining us from San Benito. David, uh, Tim Sullivan here, and we've spoken previously with water leaders in Brownsville and McAllen, which have also gone to Stage 2, becoming the first in the valley to do so. Would you say that San Benito's Stage 2 restrictions are similar? Or um, or let me ask you this, are Stage 2 water conservation measures pretty much the same, Mm. you know, for cities across the board? Is that just kind of a a, a set uh, type of uh, uh, policy? Yeah, I I think so. I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen some of the ones, like uh, from McAllen and uh, Brownsville, and and they're similar. Uh, You know, these are... Like I said, these are uh, basic com- common sense things to just not uh, overly u- overuse water. You know, you should we should be doing this uh, even when we're not in these drought conditions. You know, because it's just common sense to conserve uh, such a valuable natural resource. Yeah, I agree. And uh, even if we weren't in a in a drought condition, you should be uh, conserving your water. And also, it, it it's smart for you too. Obviously, if you're conserving water, it's you're going to see it on your bill as well. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, I think uh, our our stage two uh, stages are pretty much the same as, as some of the other municipalities around here. Just the fact that these common sense measures you're talking about, they're, they're no longer voluntary, they're, they're mandatory now, right? Yes, that's true. Penalties, but, David. Know, penalties. No, what, no, I'm sorry. Well, penalties, I mean, I'm sure you've got city workers out there. Uh, might be patrolling, so if somebody gets in trouble, what what happens? Well, yes, uh, you know, we're, we're hoping it, it doesn't have to come to that, but yes, uh, you know, it, if uh, someone's caught violating these things, especially, you know, if you're, you know, someone sees uh, the water flowing into the street, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a misdemeanor, and fines can range anywhere from uh, uh, $50 to $200. But, uh, so yeah, you know, you have to be careful, and uh, yeah, because it is mandatory now. Do you have uh, city workers out and about checking for violations, um, actively checking for violations? Well, we'll have, uh, you know, at the uh, city patrol, uh, you know, the PD will be on the lookout and anyone uh, from the city. But I don't know so much as, as we're going to be, like, going out there hunting for violators, <laughs> you know, but we're hoping that people will adhere to the rules and understand that you know we're not doing this to to 
to be, um, you know, to try to punish them or anything, but because we are in a very serious uh, situation right now when it comes to our water and, you know, we just, we really need people to, to conserve it. David Favela, City of San Benito, among the cities now kicking in that states to water restrictions as we are in a drought and the water levels are very low at our reservoir. Was 20% the trigger point for for the city of San Benito? Because we're getting really close to that, with that 20%, or was it yeah. 25%? Well, no, for our, uh, for our ordinance, which is Ordinance 2376, uh, Stage 2, the reservoirs had to uh, fall to uh, 25% capacity. Yeah, that was weeks ago. So that's where our, yeah, ours got triggered off. Okay, so if the skies continue to be very stingy uh, all the way to the end of August, we're hoping that's the, not, not the case. We just need the water in the, in the reservoir. But let's say we reach the end of August and we start September, we're going to be re- very close to 15%. Do you have a stage three that you're looking ahead to put in place? And what happens then? Yes, we do. Uh, yeah, obviously if the water levels continue to fall there is a stage three and and basically it just it just steps it up that much more uh you know it just gets more more stringent um and uh you know it it's just it gets a little bit steeper and you know just we have to be okay. even more careful we'll cross that bridge if, if we get there hopefully yeah. the skies will, yeah, will bless us pretty to, soon but yeah we need that water, there, the water yeah, there is a plan in place Ten four, david Best of luck. Thanks for the update. And uh, we'll see where this goes over the month of August. With the city of San Benito is David Favela. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.